Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the What If Project podcast. My name is Glenn. Uh, I'm your host, and this is episode number 262 of the show, and it's Halloween week. Halloween is on Tuesday, uh, obviously October 31st. Uh, My daughter is going to be Wednesday, Wednesday Adams. She's a very big Wednesday fan. She's six years old. Never seen the Netflix Wednesday. Uh, It's a little too advanced (laughs) for her, I think, in a lot of different ways. So haven't seen that. But she's seen like clips of the Wednesday dance, and she loves it. She thinks it's amazing. And so for her birthday, she got a Wednesday party dress, the one that Wednesday wears in the Netflix show at this party. And uh, it was awesome. She wore it to school. She wore it for her party. She put it all out. And now for Halloween, she really likes the Wednesday or the uh, Adams Family animated movies. And in that movie, Wednesday has like th- the traditional Wednesday Adams dress with the white collar, uh, the white cuffs on the dress, the buttons down the front. And so we got her that at like Halloween City. They have a, they have a costume. And so she got that and she's just, she's worn it like a thousand times already. She's super excited. Uh, so Halloween is going to be amped at our house <laughs> this year. Uh, but this, this is Halloween week, and this is our ho- I'm calling this our Halloween episode. I wanted to go with something uh, spooky-themed. I recorded this episode over the, the sort of towards the end of the summer, and I told the guest, named Antonio, I said, I'm going to hold on to this until Halloween, if that's okay with you, because I, I think it would be fun to release it around that time and give it kind of a spooky theme or spooky element. He was like, totally, that would be great. So anyway, uh, the guest name is Antonio Pagliarulo. And he wrote a book called The Evil Eye, The History, Mystery, and Magic of the Quiet Curse. Now, if you're like me, and you came from a fundamentalist, evangelical background, the, the the Christian soldier inside of you just rose up from the grave <laughs> and said to you, you cannot listen to this podcast. You cannot read this book about magic curses. What has this crazy guy Glenn gotten into? <laughs> turn it off. Turn it off. And I talk in the episode to Antonio that when I, when I got the book and I started reading it, that soldier like rose up in me. I was like, burn the book. You know, you can't read this. You can't talk to this guy, all this stuff. But I kept reading it because I've, I, I now know that that voice is not usually <laughs> correct in a lot of different things. And so I said, I'm going to read this book anyway, Christian soldier voice, settle down, pipe down, sir, take a seat. And I'm so glad I read the book because it's so good. I'm going to read to you from the back. And this is going to make the soldier yell at you again, but hang with me. Uh, In this practical modern exploration of one of the oldest, most universal, famed, and feared forms of folk magic, Antonio explores the phenomenon of the evil eye, what it is, its origins and causes, and most crucially, how to avoid, repel, and remove it. Rich with cultural anecdotes and traditions, mystical lore, and modern concepts, the evil eye offers practical advice for shielding yourself from the destructive and lingering powers of this mysterious and persistent force." The evil eye. Uh, He has a whole section in this book that will just knock your socks off if you're like a nerd like me, because he talks in here about how the evil eye, this magical curse, 
is found, wait for it, in the Bible. It's in the stories of Jesus. And we talk about this in the episode and some Old Testament passages. And once you know what the evil eye is, you kind of have an understanding of what it means, how this curse is transmitted, uh, oftentimes by accident. Uh, you start to read the stories with that lens in front of you. You're like, oh, interesting. Is this what they're talking about in this story? Is this what Jesus is mentioning in this parable or whatever? So interesting. So hang with me, okay? Don't shut off the podcast. <laughs> Don't go to another one. Uh, please give this a chance and listen to Antonio. Has, Antonio has such a good heart. I enjoyed so much talking with him. He was so encouraging uh, to me and just to what we're, the work that we're doing here. Uh, his family comes from a... What is my computer dinging? Sorry. Uh, his family comes from... Man, it is dinging, dinging. Can you hear that? I'm going to shut this off. What is this? Shutting that off and I'm shutting this off. Wow. He comes from a, uh, his family comes from a Roman Catholic uh, tradition. So he talks about his grandparents early on in the episode and about some of their uh, work with this, uh, with this curse, with the evil eye, and that they were staunch Roman Catholics. And they didn't have any idea of, you know, magic or witches or anything like that like that was nothing on their radar but yet this cultural tradition this thing about the evil eye was prominent in their life and in their family as roman catholics and so he has a whole chapter like i said where he ties it into the bible he also shows how it shows up in other religions and other uh ancient religious scriptures and it's just if you're like a cultural nerd uh, and you find this stuff interesting this book is right up your Alley, but he also applies it uh, to everyday life. And he talks about how you can very easily pass the evil eye onto somebody else, this curse, how someone can pass it on to you. And if you have it on you, if you think it, maybe you've picked this up somewhere, what can you do to get rid of it? Uh, so really applicable, interesting, nerdy stuff uh, coming your way. I'm going to put all of Antonio's links in the show notes, uh, links to uh, Patreon if you want to support the show. Links to my books as well. And uh, yeah, that's all I got. Happy Halloween. Let's get spooky. Let's talk to Antonio Pagliarulo about the evil eye, history, mystery, and magic of the quiet curse. Enjoy. Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. Today we're in for a fun conversation on a brand new topic. Uh, we are diving into some uncharted waters here on the podcast. Uh, our guest is Antonio Pagliarulo, and uh, he recently wrote a book called The Evil Eye, and it's subtitled The History, Mystery, and Magic of the Quiet Curse. And so, Antonio, welcome to the podcast. Uh, thanks for making time for us. Thank you. It's a great pleasure to be here, Glenn. Definitely. So before we get into your book, uh, maybe take a few moments to tell us about yourself, especially for people who aren't familiar with you and your work. Uh, what do you do? Uh, maybe a bit about your journey that brought you to where you are today. Yes. Yeah, so I'll start. Oh, it's an, it's, to me, it's an interesting journey. I don't know if people think it's interesting, but um, <laughs> I, I am a, I'm a full-time writer. Um, 
I write, uh, you know, a lot of nonfiction articles. I've been published, you know, in, in a lot of wonderful um, publications. And this book, The Evil Eye, came out uh, in May. Um, I had been writing my whole life. Um, and I grew up, uh, I was born in Manhattan, grew up in the Bronx. Um, this ties into a lot with what I write about in The Evil Eye. I grew up in a home. Uh, my parents uh, were immigrants from Italy. So uh, my siblings and I, we lived in what's, you know, this typical sort of two-family house as they had in, in, in the Bronx, and they still do. We lived upstairs. My grandparents, my maternal grandparents are downstairs, uh, also from Italy. Uh, and I grew up very, very much with... Um, this what I you know we now refer to as you know the folk magic my grandmother was very very much a practitioner of this she could diagnose the evil eye she could detect it she could remove the evil eye and growing up walking downstairs into her kitchen we saw bowls of water and olive oil and there were things everywhere you know the sort of the accoutrements there of, of this magic um, and people would call from the, the neighborhood people will call it from different states people would call from italy people would call from all over to get my grandmother mm. to, um you know take off the evil eye uh and in in the town where she was from in italy that there were a few people who sort of had this tradition it was handed down from their mother in some cases a father mm. um but my grandfather also um was very big into hand gestures you know like for healing for um removing i remember i had a sore throat once and he you know sat there with me and made me do all these sort of hand gestures and i was like what are you making me do but <laughs> i remember that um very vividly um and he believed very much in the power he he did everything according to the moon he had gardens uh, our garden in the bronx he did everything of course according to the moon but he also mm -hmm. made wine in the basement of our home and he would do everything according to the phase of the moon he would move it, move something up, move something down. Um, and yet, when I, I tell people, my my grandparents um, were devout Roman Catholics. Mm. You know, they, you know, didn't know anything about this. You know, you don't call them witches. They, you know, if I did that, my grandmother's probably hitting me in the head right now with her slippers. <laughs> right. that, that would be a no-no. <laughs> they were just practicing, you know, the folk, what you know, folk magic, but they were practicing um, these rituals that they had known all their lives. Uh, so yeah. I grew up with that, and that really formed, I would say, the basis, the foundation of my own life as mm -hmm. um, as not only a magical practitioner, but as um, someone who writes and researches. Um, and is just my, it, it's completely my life. Yeah. Um, and it's been that way, you know, for really as long as I can remember. It's it's just, it's within me. Um, and it's, it's infuses every aspect of my life. So yeah. that's where the foundation came from. And today, even, you know, writing as I do, I've interviewed many, many, many pagans, uh, witches, uh, scholars, historians, everything mm. you know you can think about. And um, and I, I always say I'm, I feel very, very blessed to have been raised with the tradition of magic and the magic of tradition, because they mm. both go hand in hand for me there. So evil eye, like you, this is something that you... This is language, terminology, ideas that you grew up with, because you mentioned that your grandmother practiced these different things. And so this has been part of your life for a long time. Uh, but I think a lot of our listeners are probably super new to to a lot of people. So maybe you can give us kind of like the rundown of what the evil eye is. And I want to ask you specifically later on about how its presence comes up in Christianity and other mm -hmm. religions and religious texts, because that totally blew my mind. And that's the thing I want to dive into in a minute. But 
maybe give us like the lay of the land or the bird's eye view of what exactly is the evil eye when when we when we say that like what are we talking about so when we're talking about the evil so the evil eye is a negative force or essentially a curse that is cast through a glance mm-hmm. a look um how do you get the well first of all the root of the evil eye what is the root the root of the evil eye is emotion it's envy it's jealousy it's resentment it's anger any sort of negative emotion mm-hmm. um and you can the evil eye can come upon you or you can it, it can be cast in one in one of three ways the first way is intentional someone mm-hmm. absolutely is just angry with you uh is jealous of you they want you to know it they don't care if you know it they'll look you straight in the eye and throw you some shade they'll give you a nasty comment mm-hmm. they'll give you that look that you can recognize because sometimes it makes you stand back and go oh what's that person look at look at how they they looked at me they're just angry mm-hmm. um and they they intentionally want you to know that and so they do wish you harm yes or they they just they're they're angry about what you have what you've achieved um so the first is intentional the second mm-hmm. way unintentionally and this comes into play when you think about um i know growing up in an italian household whenever somebody gave you a compliment you know if you said oh the baby's beautiful it was always followed by god bless you mm-hmm. um or you know you in some places we in parts of italy they spit you would walk around if someone said something you did the horn gesture you know to, and that was just some people knock wood um mm. There are different sayings in different cultures. And when you get a compliment or when you give a compliment, that is to make sure that you don't unintentionally cast the evil eye. Because even though you might not, you might not be aware that you have sort of an underlying, maybe even a a subconscious envy mm-hmm. or or jealousy for a person or a family or a house or a car, mm-hmm. something. So when you're delivering this compliment, um, it's a, it might be unintentional. And that's why you'll say, God bless you, or, you know, um, knock on wood or make a hand gesture, things like this. The third way you get the evil eye is by, it's it's pretty much self-induced. You bring it upon yourself by boasting and you kind of tempt fate. You know, this goes into when people talk about, um, but it, it comes up a lot when I talk about social media and I tell people, you know, it's nice that you posted a picture of your brand new house and you should be proud of that and you're you should be proud of the achievement and it's a wonderful thing your garden is beautiful the house is, is beautiful the renovations are beautiful but there's a line between you know celebrating it and achieving it and then sort of boasting about it to the point that we're you're sort of going to poke that that sense in people you know that that is a very natural thing and that's also so well before i go on the third way so is is to boast and to bring it upon yourself. Mm-hmm. And you have to remember that when we say the evil eye, it is a supernatural occurrence, but it has a very natural source. And that source is human emotion. This mm-hmm. is why the eye goes back so far in history. And this is why it has survived. Because every human, what it's part of the human condition. We have all experienced feelings of jealousy, of mm-hmm. anger, anger, resentment, negativity. We've all experienced those feelings, whether or not we want to admit it. And we have probably, most of us have been on the receiving end of someone's jealousy, of someone's anger, of someone's hatred. So um, it has a very natural source. There's no eradicating it because you're human, you're going to feel those emotions. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I often tell people that the book is is a friendly reminder about a very unfriendly topic because most mm-hmm. people don't want to talk about who they're jealous of, who they're resentful, what circumstances they're resentful about, and so on and so forth. So mm-hmm. that's sort of the quick or perhaps not so quick if i talk too much around about what the evil eye no is, and i apologize for that no that that's that that's perfect so what are some examples then 
you know, you mentioned a few different ways that this plays out in everyday life, but what are some like specific ways that this would pop up in normal life? Like think of our average listener again, who maybe has never heard of this or they have little understanding of it. Like why is it important to be aware of the evil eye and then where might it pop up? Like you mentioned those three different ways that it, that it comes about. And you also mentioned the book about how it's tied to different traditions. I think like the mm-hmm. the bride wearing the veil and things like that. Like mm-hmm. it seems like it's everywhere, even if we're unaware that it's there. And so like, what are some specific ways that it like pops up in everyday life? So I, and in the book, I talk about the signs and the symptoms and I give people mm-hmm. literally lists of signs and symptoms that you yeah. might not think about. Mm-hmm. Um, there are, it, it manifests in physical, you know, in the body in physical ways. There you people, you get that headache out of nowhere. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe, you know, the two aspirin or the Advil, they're not taking it away. You don't understand where it came from. It comes on suddenly, it's persisting. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's exhaustion that comes out. It's, you know, the sense of lethargy. I can't mm-hmm. get anything done. A distraction. Um, in some cases, people will experience you know, have you ever gone through that day where you, you'd start out, you drop your coffee cup in the morning, and then all of a sudden, two hours later, you drop the keys, and then you go to work, or you're in the supermarket, and you drop four other things, and you're like, what's going on here? What is that about? It's an uncommon occurrence, really, yeah. if it is for you. Those are signs that you look at. Then you see things um, on the on a bit of a bigger scale. You know, um, where, where in your life, if you have this run of a series of unfortunate events, as they say, you know, and and this has been from my own experience from people who have come to me and asked about it and who've said, well, look, in the past month, here's what's happened in my house. Four people got sick. The refrigerator went down. The pipe in the basement burst. Uh, There's a leak in the roof. Uh, The car broke. Um, I've been fighting with people. So there are all these ways in which we often overlook when we just shrug our shoulders and say, ah, well, that's life. It's a bit of bad luck. Mm-hmm. Mm, not necessarily, no. This is where you think about the evil eye and the power of negativity and a negative force. Mm-hmm. So it manifests in so many ways. And that's why I talk about the importance of being aware of it. Because once you're aware of it, you begin to think differently about your relationship to not only your own your own energy, but to the energy of other people and how um, that energy can impact you and your your loved ones, your home, your work. It doesn't necessarily have to be you. It mm. can be your home. It can be your car. It can be your career. It can be your financial life. It can be a certain aspect of your health. Um, and this goes back to saying, um, I, I've said it, I, I said it in a video um, that I posted a, lot, a while ago and people, you know, reacted a lot to it, that we have to think about realistically, it's not only people, you know, you think about the people in your past, the ex, maybe the ex. The people lovers, that don't the like you. <laughs> people right. that don't like you, quote right. unquote. Um, and yeah, they're in the past, they're in the past, but it's not only that, there are people in your present, there are people mm. around you right now, unfortunately, and this is a truth, it's an uncomfortable truth. There are people around you right now um, who do not want you to be, live your best life for whatever mm-hmm. reasons. They do not want to see you prosper. They do not want to see you succeed. They don't want you to get the good job, get the house, get the relationship. Mm-hmm. They just don't. That's an unfortunate fact. Um, we don't like to think about it, but it's real. Mm-hmm. And that's where becoming aware of the evil eye is so significant because sometimes those events in your life that are happening, that you're thinking, oh, I'm just getting a run of bad luck. It's not always just a run of bad luck. There is a yeah. source for it and there's an explanation for it. And yeah. That's hmm. called the evil eye. Yeah, it makes me think too. Like it's not like, like you said, you said earlier that it could be somebody, it could be a situation where somebody intentionally doesn't 
doesn't like you. They intentionally don't want to see you succeed. They intentionally like they mm-hmm. have it out for you, so to speak. Like they don't want to see you rise up at all. But it could also be from what I'm hearing from you, and correct me if I'm wrong, but people who just have a general demeanor with maybe they're unhappy with themselves, they're unhappy with their own life. And so like I would think Everywhere. that if that that dissatisfaction with themselves could very easily come off on I don't really want to see anybody else succeed or it's anybody else rise because I'm stuck down here in the mud. And so that it could that also be a situation where the evil eye makes its way into somebody's well, absolutely. life. Absolutely. Yeah. Because misery loves company. Mm. Right. I mean, what happens if you're down there and you are for whatever reasons, you're in that space, you're in that negative space. Yeah. The first, you know, you want other people to sort of sit there and and you know understand it with you and feel it with you. But when you do see that person who's not in misery, yeah. that's when the jealousy arrives, that's when the envy pops up. You yeah. know, so yes, I, I do believe what that example you gave is extremely valid. That whole mm-hmm. misery, yes, people can be very, very unhappy with themselves, their life yeah. circumstances, the choices they've made, in some cases, just things that have happened to them that necessarily, you know, we all say, you know, things happen, not necessarily because of choices we made. Sometimes things happen yeah. Um, how you react to them, you know, is it, you know, is, is how you determine, you know, your way forward, sure. um, also how you're going to deal with it in the present, but your way forward. But if you are in that place of, you know, misery as you said if you're in that place of just down on it yes of course you're gonna you're going to inevitably look at someone somewhere and feel a real spike in jealousy and envy and that's where you get the evil eye all right so a lot of our listeners are from a christian background a lot of them are from the evangelical Mm -hmm. background Mm -hmm. in particular and i think that probably like 99.99 percent of them are doing what we call like deconstruction right like we're deconstructing we're rethinking a lot of things that we were handed regarding god and um, the bible and spirituality things like that but even so and being one of those people i I know this to be true there's oftentimes this this voice inside i I like to call it like the evangelical soldier voice and he's Uh shouting and he was shouting while i was reading your book too that like this is all a bunch of baloney right like there's no such thing as the evil eye it's not in the bible it's not christian like this is a cult. This is new age. This uh-huh. is demonic craziness, right? Like pause the podcast. Sure. Don't buy the book. Forget everything you've heard so far. Right. And so talk to us about this because you have this section in your book and I, I alluded to it earlier, but you talk about how the evil eye is found in many religions and mm-hmm. in many religious texts, including the Bible. And that's the chapter that really got me because while that little voice was chattering away, I come across this chapter that says, you know, all about the Bible and stories in the Bible I'm very familiar with. So maybe you can take us down that rabbit hole a little bit of where this pops up in various religions and religious texts. Yes. And I specifically took out lots of my notes because I have so many notes about that because yes. I said, oh, <laughs> I, I'm going to get my notes for this because yes. I know it, I, I want to be as, as specific as possible. Thank but you. But the funny thing you said about um, the, the voice mm-hmm. that comes to you. So I think I mentioned it in my book. Um, you know, I, I went to, I was raised uh, in the Catholic church and I was educated by nuns Mm -hmm. and I always refer to them as my nuns. And for the most part, you know, I had a very, you know, I went to a grammar school um, and I, very good education, very, for the most part, pretty cool nuns. uh, But I have in a different way, you know, you say you have that voice. 
I understand the source of what you're talking about because for me, it comes out in work. I always tell people I have Sister Mary deadline on this shoulder and Sister Mary get it done on this shoulder. Whenever I I want to stop doing something, it's the poke of what are you doing? You still have, you got stuff to hand in. You better do that now because you're going to overwork yourself because that's what you should do, you know, kind of thing. So I understand exactly about the voice. They're always here. And I always say that when people have said to me, you got that done already? And I'm like, yeah, and it's, it's exhausting, but that they're here. Sister the voice sister. got so it. <laughs> right. I get the voice. Yes. Voice Mine, me. <laughs> and in truth, in growing up, it's interesting, Christianity, um, the culture in, where culture and Catholicism came in, and you can not only Catholicism, you can also see it Eastern Orthodox. In, in Greek culture, you know, you have the concept of the evil eye is huge. That's where, you know, you see all over Greece, uh, all over the, actually the Middle East, you can see, you know, the most common symbol, the Nazar, which is the blue, the blue, the white, the black, you know, the, the circle there, the concentric circles, what people call the evil eye jewelry. Um, even in Catholicism, I was younger and I wore, as I stated in the book, um, Italian culture you wore a horn you wore these horns you wore Mm -hmm. some people think of it as a red pepper you know it's not it's a red horn um those were and those are amulets the cornicello Mm -hmm. the monocornuto these are amulets that ward off the evil eye Mm -hmm. so i wore those right alongside a cross and right alongside you know the medal of saint anthony or the medal of saint Teresa of lassoo which or or archangel michael which i'm wearing right now Mm -hmm. um so there was this we and and many of the um it, growing up, I did have many of the uh, instances where either a teacher or in some cases a nun said, you know, what are you wearing that for? You shouldn't be wearing that because the idea is you shouldn't give power to amulets or beliefs. Everything goes back to God. You know, right. even, you know, growing up Catholic, you give, you know, the saints are intercessors. There's this whole thing. So, but you get going back to the evil eye. So um, in Christianity in the Bible, when you think, um, when you look at it, it is actually alluded to Mm. in many, many areas of the Bible. Look at the first one, the Sermon on the Mount, okay? What does Jesus of Nazareth say? The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are um, unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then light is within you, how great is the darkness? Okay, Mm -hmm. so you're thinking about that here. these are references that that can absolutely be looked at as what is that darkness this goes back to the emotion mm-hmm. of what you are you're experiencing envy jealousy greed anger um it's the darkness isn't necessarily always those emotions but it's also how you choose to see the world in relation to are you going to see your blessings or mm-hmm. are you going to see your lack of them and in that lack are you going to be angry about someone who has something else so the eye of the body there um is mentioned and for many scholars that was discussed as as alluding to the evil eye it's jealousy the parable of the workers in the vineyard um you know these workers are going to get realize that they have been working for a very long time workers who have worked for that day far fewer hours are going to be paid the same amount Mm. okay and the landowner responds to them i think the quote is he says basically is it not lawful for me to do what i will with mine own is thine eye evil because i am good that Mm. refers to the jealousy of the workers who have worked far more hours but why are you giving these ones who worked far fewer hours Mm. you know 
the same amount of money. It shouldn't be that way. There's some certain level of injustice there. So, you know, there's there's a jealousy there. There's envy there. Um, there's uh, uh, the scholar John Eliot wrote a few volumes um, called Beware the Evil Eye. And he talks about it not only in the Bible, but throughout other facets of history. And he theorized, I believe, that um, the scriptures in their original languages held as many as I... It was 23 or 24 direct like references to the evil eye and they were sort of veiled or removed in in by modern biblical scholars mm. um you can look at it also you know when you go back in, in the old testament when you look at look at the ten look at you know the commandments what is the commandment thou shall not covet what no. does that refer to what is coveting yeah what are you doing? You're that's jealousy. Yeah. You're you're thinking, you know, you're thinking of what someone else has. You covet that someone else has. That's the same thing as envy. So when you're looking at that um commandment, you're mm. referring to the envy that you feel. You're coveting someone else's home, someone else's wealth, someone else's anything. That's where you get into the idea of what the root of the evil eye is. Yeah. I love that. I was um, I was I, I love that there's like all those references because you're bringing to light and this is what i love about and where i'm at now like with the bible is that there's so many things that are there that i never saw before because i was always taught to read mm -hmm. it through one specific narrow lens but then when i come across somebody like you who's like well here's this topic and here's how mm -hmm. this topic is here here and here it's like oh my goodness like there's so much more to this ancient text than i ever thought that there was and there, and, and i'm sure uh you know uh other biblical scholars will talk, can certainly talk much more about mm -hmm. it and, and bring other things up. And when I refer to the Ten Commandments, of course, I'm going, you know, that's, I, I went from sort of the New Testament to the Old Testament mm -hmm. there in sort of this shift. But um, so, but you can see where it's alluded to yeah. there, very much so. I mean, when you're talking about, uh, and I've said that to many people when I say, people would argue, not argue in a bad way, but they'd say, what do you mean? It's nowhere. That That's not the Bible. Nowhere. Old Testament, New Testament. That's not the Bible. You know, it's nowhere yeah. there. And I would say, what's, what is one of the main commandments? Yeah. And it says it right there. I mean, the word alone, covet, yeah. you know, is, is it when you really break that down? And I mean, you, you sit there and you break it down, honestly, sit with mm -hmm. it. What does it mean? Thou shall not covet. Mm -hmm. Don't be jealous, you know, stop stop sort of lusting after things that that you don't have that someone else does yeah you know it makes you angry yeah um so i i mention that uh, in the book with regard to certainly with christianity in islam you can find it um i know when i quoted the encyclopedia of islam um i know it said uh, where i said the evil eye believed that the evil eye uh, may have fatal consequences uh, and a hadith even specif specifies it as the cause of half of all human deaths. A Moroccan mm. proverb a figure, puts the figure at two thirds. Mm. Um, there are references, you, many scholars will reference um, verses 51 and 52 of Al Kalam of chapter 68 as being linked directly to the evil eye. Um, you know, you go back to uh, the hadith, the, the collected traditions of the Prophet Muhammad, um, and it's believed the prophet said the evil eye is real if anything were to overtake the divine decree it would be the evil eye mm -hmm. um so you have these writings that are very much there many um muslims i interviewed and spoke to by far um absolutely believed in in the evil eye and 
very often goes back to what I said when you give a compliment. Many Muslims will say mashallah, which means the as God wills, or so that that's also to ward away this idea of of the evil eye, of potential envy, of potential jealousy, of potentially you know getting negativity um, unintentionally, perhaps. So mm-hmm. you give a compliment, and they do say mashallah. Um, they also, I've been told, and many of them said that when they believed they had the evil eye, there were specific little rituals aside from um, the previous verses I mentioned. Many talked about taking baths. That was a you know a very common way to remove the evil eye. Mm. Um, so you can see it there. The last three surahs, I believe, of of the Quran are recited for seven nights, if I'm not mistaken. I I, I do go about this in the book more, mm. um, but those are also ref- the evil eye is alluded to very much there in the Quran. In Judaism, mm. I mean uh, the morning prayers, you know, and also I can tell you, you know, and, and this is very much a part of of my life because my um, my husband is Jewish, mm. and so um, every morning, you know, he says his morning prayers, and there are um, the evil eyes very much implied in in one of the lines of the prayer where they talk about the gaze, mm. you know, the look of another mm. person, protect us from, you know, the evil that may come up, the envy that may come up, mm-hmm. so. You can start there. Um, it's not explicitly mentioned in the Torah, although it's deeply implied in in certain places. Um, in in Genesis, you see Jacob blesses his son Joseph, um, saying he will be quote like the uh, fruitful vine by a fountain hanging over a wall. Um, the rabbis um, of the Talmud change the reading of the Hebrew word from the passage to you know, reinterpret the blessing to mean that Joseph's descendants will not be susceptible to the evil eye. Mm. Um, that blessing, and it's reduced over time, the phrase ben porat Yosef, translated to a fruitful son. Mm-hmm. Um, that, the first three words of the blessing now used, it's used by Sephardi Jews um, to, to ward off envy, mm-hmm. um, jealousy, again, the evil eye. Yeah. Um, it's also, I mean, I'm trying to be, I, the, the story of Hagar and Sarah, you know, um, the miscarriage, yeah. you know, Sarah's glance, you know, was believed to cause a miscarriage. Um, the ritual of uh, on Tashlit, the ritual of uh, uh, Tashlit is the ritual that's done on Rosh Hashanah when pieces of bread are mm. cast into the water. And this is, you know, to represent the sins. And it's believed, you know, fish can eat the bread because the fish, you know, cannot be victim to the evil eye. Mm. Um, so you can see it, in, and, and again, going back, of course, to the commandments, you go back to um, Exodus and Deuteronomy, and you see, you know, you get that commandment. That for me was always this big thing. You see that what do people always think about in terms of those commandments? You go back to them and you think that one that I constantly mentioned about the coveting, that too. These are all alluded to very clearly yeah. in the evil eye, in, in, the Bible and the Quran um, in some of the Jewish texts, but many people don't, it's not that they don't necessarily know it or see it, but a lot of people don't want to sort of think about it being alluded because they perceive the evil eye as this new age concept that's somehow related to um, spirituality and not religion, or it's somehow related to witchcraft. Mm -hmm. Um, It's somehow related to the modern and, and, you know, increasingly popular um, practice of magic mm-hmm. today, that this is what the evil eye is. And and in fact, when you look at it, 
from the perspective of religion, you can see it in the old text. You also see it, you know, um, in Hinduism very much, Zoroastrianism, you can find it. Mm. So you see it in the religions and you can also see the evil eye, of course, as I mentioned, I talk around, but culturally across so many cultures mm. uh, all over the world, it's very, very ubiquitous. But there's that line that you can see running through the religious texts as well. You will find the, the alluding to envy all yeah. the time, jealousy, yeah. greed, because mm. these are, again, unfortunately, but they are facets of the human condition. And that's yeah. what we're talking about. Yeah, it's so funny. Like when when I was first recommended your book, and that you'd be great to come on the podcast to talk about this, I was like, "What is this book?" <laughs> it's like, because I got the I got the book, and I completely judged it by the cover, and I just thought to myself, "I don't know what I'm getting into." And I was reading it, and again, like that voice is going, "This, like you said, this is new age. This is occult stuff. Like, what, what, what are we dabbling in?" But then, as I started to really think about it, and I got to that part about where it is in other religions. I started to go back into my Bible and like think about these different stories. I'm like, it really is all over the place. Because I was thinking, you know, about that story of Joseph. And you think about Joseph and how, you know, he he had this special relationship with his father. father. And his brothers are jealous of that relationship. And yeah. so maybe that there could be the evil eye coming from them. Because what happens to him after that? He gets thrown into a, a ditch. Then he gets sold into, into slavery. And then he gets ends up in Potiphar's house and he gets in trouble there. And then he ends up in jail. And he's got all these like these series of bad events, like you said, happening to him. Horses. And yeah. yeah, and like maybe that <laughs> is the result of the evil eye coming from his brothers. And so then I started to look at like these other stories in the especially the old testament about very similar types of relationships between people and how mm -hmm. the person on the on the receiving end of that of that evil eye has all these unfortunate things happen to them. Then I went into like the New Testament thinking even about like Jesus, like you said about the Old Testament with the commandments, you know, not to covet. Jesus said, if your eye causes you to sin, he says, gouge it out, right? So maybe there, there's a, a link there to the evil eye as well. And you can, and also when we look back and we, we look at this concept of this idea and we take it outside of the, the realm of, of just religion or just mm -hmm. the, the sacred texts, we look at it historically that symbolism you know the eye going you know egypt ancient egypt you know the eye was on boats on coffins mm -hmm. um it was a symbol of protection mm. uh, we know that and, and it can go many scholars believe it goes as far back as mesopotamia um in i think it was in 1938 that there was an excavation at telbrock and they excavated these many 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 little eye idols and now mm. in this building that i believe in now called the eye temple mm. but um, the eye itself has always been historically, if you look at it, the symbol across many cultures, the symbol of power, and um, and it holds power. You know, the look holds power. The you know the lamp of the body or what emerges. And don't forget that back in the day, there was the theory of extramission versus versus intromission. We know that mm -hmm. today, um, the science of sight you know, sort of accomplished by intromission. But back in the day, it was believed that the eyes actually emitted these actual rays of energy. Mm -hmm. And that was extramission, that that's how sight was accomplished, that your your eyes sort of took on something and were able to, they, they were like these little tendrils that kind of went out there and clasped mm -hmm. onto something. That was a, a, a common belief. I go through that briefly in the book about the science of that and who believed in it back when, when it changed. And, um, but also how um, there have been uh, modern 
you know, in more recent times, experiments done about what energy sort of is emitted from the eyes mm -hmm. and going back to that idea of intromission. So, and um, I've heard people speak about the Sermon on the Mount and when Jesus is talking about the land, the eyes and the lamp, is he in that sense referring also to this light, this energy, the emitting from the body? Is that a reference as well? If you mm -hmm. want to think about that possible, you know, to extra mission, is that, is that, I mean, now I know I'm really going to get people going on that one, but um, <laughs> I think I stated it there. Is that what it is? You know, yeah. you, you, it, it, you can think about it. You can think about it. Yeah. Um, it is in so many places in the religious text, but also outside of the religious text when we go back into history yeah. and and we see it through so many you know uh culture thousands of years thousands yeah. yeah i was gonna ask you because i mean new testament i think 2000 ish years old you think some of the old testament books four thousand five thousand years old mm -hmm. like so this is this idea dates way back so this isn't like a it's not a new idea like you said it's not mm -hmm. even something that's contained within the for our Christian listeners, like the time of the Bible, like this goes way beyond that. Because like you said, this is a human condition. This is something that mm -hmm. people have been observing in the world since ancient times. Ancient times, very, yeah. very much so. So it's, yeah. and, and the other, and that brings us to the question of, you know, how is, there were so many, you know, superstitions and what have you back then, but how is it that the evil eye, this concept that a look can cause, um, uh, pain it can cause you know so many bad things to occur how did that concept survive and why did it survive i believe it survived because um we all know that deep down it's true yeah. we all know what we feel when the energy you know when jealousy comes out we all know that also look back on this idea that i also mentioned um there's a wonderful book called the sense of being stared at mm. um and it's all about just that the sense mm. of being stared at and these examples often make me think about the power of a look and the energy that's contained within them we this has happened to most of us okay you've been sitting maybe you're on the park bench maybe you're just hanging in your car maybe you're just in wherever you are outside and you're with your book you're with your magazine maybe you're with your tablet you're going through things you're alone and all of a sudden you felt that and you look over your shoulder or you look up and someone's staring at you. Mm -hmm. You don't know who that, you know, what, you know, you catch someone staring at you. Mm -hmm. The other side of it, the funniest, and maybe you go into that crowded room, you know, and again, maybe it's the friend you had a fight with. It's the family member you're not supposed to speak to or who doesn't speak to you. The ex you had a fight with, they're standing quite a few feet away, but you get behind the column or you get behind a bunch of people because you just want to stare at them and see what they're doing or you want to see how they look or you want to see this. <laughs> and all of a sudden, you're doing a good job of keeping yourself um, concealed. But all of a sudden, what happens? They'll turn around and they'll catch you. Mm. You know, have you ever had that experience where you're staring at someone and they sort of look your way and you're like, oh, you know, I got caught. Yeah. What is that 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 sense of being stared at um, is also very valid in terms of thinking about the evil eye in relation to the energy that's emitted from the body and the energy that we are just receptive to or can yeah. be receptive to. And that that you could see it, too, in the animal kingdom with predator prey. Mm you know, relationships and things like that. So yeah. it's, um, I know I got off topic there, but it was just something fascinating that I, I, I always want people to, to think about. Yeah. So on that note, let's end with a couple of uh, like practical questions, if you will. And I, I wrote, mm -hmm. when I was reading the book, I have like a whole list of questions. Cause I was thinking, I wonder what like our listeners would ask if they were kind of on the mic with us. 
So I have I have a bunch that I want to ask you, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go with two because I think that's what we yeah. have time for. Um, so my two questions are, and you can answer them in whatever order you'd like to. Is number one is like how can you make sure that you yourself aren't giving the evil eye to someone else? Because I don't want to give the evil eye to anybody. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I, deep down inside, like I, I really do want people to prosper, be happy, all the different things, but. Like you said, it's a human condition. There are times when I might feel jealous. There might there are times when I might want what somebody else has. And my intention is not to give them any kind of curse or put anything bad or energy into their life, but I very well might do that. Like you said earlier, not on purpose. So what can I do in my mm-hmm. own life to kind of guard against uh, that that happening? And then number two mm-hmm. is if I sense that like the evil eye, the energy has come into my life, um, you talked about like your grandmother and some different things that she would do to kind of get rid of it. Um, as someone who has no idea what they're doing and who is very new to obviously this whole topic, like what can you do? What can our listeners do if they sense that they've been the recipient of this energy? So the first question, um, I was taught, you always said something as simple as you gave you you gave your compliment and you said, oh, the house is beautiful. Congratulations. That we were taught to always follow that with, you know, God bless you. God bless the house. Um, there are ways, though, that if you don't, that many people will tell you, well, you know, I don't want to go that and, and say, God bless you. I might feel strange doing that. Um, simple words, simple actions. You know, this house is beautiful. You, you know, the baby's been made. Always be so. I mean mm. that. Um, mm. Words are very attached to your intentions. And if your intention um, is, is pure and you know that it is, mm-hmm. um, I... I think you're you're pretty much okay in terms of not casting the evil eye, but look at what your own um, practices are, your own mm-hmm. spiritual practices are, if you have any, and perhaps think about that idea of saying, you know what, if I'm going to give a compliment, I don't want to give somebody the evil eye intentionally. So, you know, maybe I'm going to add that with, you know, God bless you. Or maybe if I don't say that out loud, after I give a compliment, I'm going to say it to myself, you know, silently to God bless them. So, mm. you know, any sense of giving away the evil eye is negated mm. there. And I'm not going to, you know, give it unconsciously. Mm. Um, so I would say, look toward your own spiritual there. I, I know people who said, um they looked at their own thing of the psalm they they picked a a psalm a verse Mm -hmm. um or from any religious or any spiritual text particularly some Mm -hmm. recited the name of a deity um to themselves some recited a particular um phrase or Mm -hmm. you know quote to them that meant that had a powerful meaning um, those are ways that you can in, that will ensure that you're not giving the evil eye because it mm. connects to your intention there. So you can so, almost like per, companies personalize somebody. It might not be a blanket prescription for everybody, but something that's meaningful to you that you connect absolutely. with. You can then follow up your statement to somebody with that in order mm-hmm. to um, ward off the negative energy that might come out with the, with the positive. Absolutely. And saying yeah. something, you know, like like people, there are people, you know, I mean, who might be uncomfortable when, when you say something like God bless you to them. Sure. That's okay. You don't have to necessarily say it out. If you're saying something inside, if you're, you know, vocalizing it internally, you mm-hmm. know, um, and you're saying, you know, beautiful new car and to yourself saying, you know, may it always be so and safety. Yeah. And, you know, you're, you're saying this yourself. Sure. I think you've done the work of making sure that you've not given the evil eye. And again, 
being the fact that you brought the question up is more than 50% there because if you're aware of it, Mm-hmm. You're in, and, and you're aware that you don't want to mistakenly give this evil eye, your intention of not wanting to is already there. There. And that stands for a whole lot. That stands for a whole lot. Um, the second, how can people find out or how do people know? So um, in, in the book, I talk a lot about diagn- recognizing the evil eye, the signs mm-hmm. and the symptoms. There are many, many ways to diagnose the evil eye. Um, mm-hmm. Growing up um, and, and later on, I was taught many of those methods. Um, they have to do with the oil and water. There are different prayers and incantations you can say um, that will tell you specifically if you have the evil eye um, versus some other, you know, sort of generational curse or something like that. The rituals and, and the incantations I give are specific for the evil eye. So you can find in there many ways to diagnose evil eye. Um, oil, water, there's a whole method in there. They're not difficult methods. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can find out if you have the evil eye by by looking at these relatively these simple methods. And then how if you do see that there is the evil eye, you've diagnosed, mm-hmm. you can see the signs there that I've I've mentioned in the mm-hmm. book. There are simple ways actually also to remove them. Again, they don't always revolve around prayer, but I do have prayers um for just for every tradition in there mm-hmm. and incantations for every tradition. But then there are also, you know. Um, the power of nature and the power of the botanicals, you know, the power mm-hmm. of bay leaves, you know, mm-hmm. take, you're going out there, you know, going out to a, a meeting, a party, whatever it is, if you think you're going to come up against negative energy and people who might be not necessarily wishing you the best, then listen, a simple ritual, a simple thing to do, take two bay leaves, put them in your pocket, you know, you go out, go about your meeting, go about your day, you come home, you burn those bay leaves, yeah. you know, same thing with the, a sprig of rosemary, you know, you put that in your pocket. So, Nature holds tremendous power and it's all around us. I speak about that as well. And also about methods to um, to use very simple incense to smoke away the negativity in our, mainly in, not only in our, uh, our field, our life, you know, here around us, but in the home, yeah. in the car. Look at your home a lot. What are the windows? The windows are the eyes of a home. Mm. You know, people are yeah. looking in, you're looking out. Um, simple things like taping a sprig of rue or a sprig of rosemary to a window. These are all simple things that you can do to make sure that the evil eye is either, you're going to either, you know, ward it away or banish it. And of course, I know we don't have enough time for it, but of course, in the book, I speak a lot about amulets and the power of certain amulets across many different traditions. And I encourage people to look into the use of amulets. Yeah, I was going to say, well, I was going to say, are are crystals a thing too? Because I've been my my wife and I have been kind of reading more about crystals and kind of getting into that sort of thing. And I would, I know that different crystals carry different energies. So I would imagine there's mm-hmm. some crystals that might be able to do. The crystals same. are, crystals are immensely, um, mm. immensely powerful. And there are some wonderful, wonderful books about crystals. And if you go to um, just even my publisher's page, um, wiser books, you will see so many wonderful books about just specifically regarding the power of crystals. And I have just recently begun myself to, I mean, not so recently, I've been doing it for a while, but now more intentionally um, and and really, really like taking the crystals and re- recognizing the power of, yeah. of crystals. So I encourage anyone to definitely go on the wiser site and look at the, the books that are there. Many, many wonderful books about crystals. Awesome. Well, my friend, we are just about out of time, but this has been a lot of fun. Uh, thank so you again. Yeah. Thank yeah. you for making space for me and for our listeners. And uh, thank you for your work. You've, you've opened my mind a lot. So thank you. 
Uh, well, thank you so much. Thank you for reading. It was a great pleasure to be here, Glenn. And I really look forward to being on the show again. Absolutely. And before you go, real quick, uh, where can people find you online? Do you have any online spaces you hang out in or where can they find your work? Sure. They, they can find me on all, you know, on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook. But of course, my website is my name, AntonioPaglirulo.com. Um, it's also accessible through italianwitch.com. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, but my name, AntonioPaglirulo.com is my website, uh, and all of the, in social media, I'm there. You'll find me. Awesome. Well, I'll put the links yeah. in the show notes and we'll do it again. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Sing it now.